we are rolling. Perfect. Okay. Right. Hello, I'm Simon. Oh, just before we start. So, let's do it. Okay. Hello, I'm Simon Mercep, and welcome to Crave. This is the podcast and videocast dedicated to entertainment, mm. uh, all manner of entertainment, and entertainment has been has been of interest yes. lately because it's had a different tenor and tone to it. Hasn't it just? Steve McCabe, hasn't it? Has indeed, Simon. So, so basically, I mean, even we can't escape the coronavirus. Well, we personally can't. <laughs> so far. Because we live in New Zealand, the best of countries. But things are getting cancelled, things are getting postponed, things are getting cancelled. Yeah. Um, it's pretty obvious that, that things are changing around here. Yeah, so we're going to spend a bit of time this week just chatting about what we might be doing in the weeks and months ahead. Yeah. Where we might not be going out to the cinema or the theatre. Not so Or much. to a concert arena. Well, there won't be any concerts in arenas, will there now? Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. So this week, though, we're going to chat about that, some options for what we might do over the next little while. But Steve and I have been to a few entertainments. We have, we'll, we have. We'll talk about those. Those, in, those include um, examples of um, theatres, uh, productions, which Steve has seen but yes. have since closed. Yes. <laughs> has, has it actually closed? Uh, or it's been announced that it's Yeah, it doesn't surprise closed. me. That, so yeah. that would be The Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon. Yep. Uh, we both have seen a, a preview of a, a film that will be released in the cinema, how many people will go to the cinema, we, we don't know, but it's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. Absolutely. And we've got a few other treats besides. Yes. But, but since, since all the cool kids are catching these days, let's talk about <laughs> uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. So, right now, obviously, big deal is we're taking care of health, taking care of families, and a lot of the time that's going to mean staying at home. Yeah, for sure. We're not going to get out. I mean, we're, we're in New Zealand, we've just found out that, first of all, entertainers aren't coming to town. Because it makes no sense to, to arrive in New Zealand to do one show and have to start off doing 14 days of self-isolated quarantine before you perform. So it's realistic that a lot of people are cancelling. Should we mention yep, this very, very quickly? Let's do that now. So one of the big ones that was announced recently was My Chemical Romance. Yep. Folk around the world were so excited about this. It was a huge deal. A lot of people's favourite band. And they finally reformed. And they announced today, for actually coming up very, very shortly, uh, in New Zealand and we started arranging press passes and all the rest um, and they were coming here on the back of playing the Download Festival in Australia Download understandably has been cancelled um, so even before the new travel restrictions for New Zealand were put in place it would make no economic sense for My Chemical Romance to fly all the way out to New Zealand just to play one show and then have to stay here for two weeks. Well, especially now, <laughs> we'll have to stay here for two weeks before the show. Yes. Before yeah. they then go out in public and start playing yeah. to their adoring yes. fans. So that's been flagged. Other bands on the back of that yeah. have been um, cancelled as well for the same reason. Now, My Chemical Romance using the word postponed, but we've not seen a new date yet. Okay. Other bands, um, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to um, your man Tim from the band These Pointers, mm -hmm. Canadian band, who were charming bloke, lovely fella. I um, was quite looking forward to seeing them. They've had to cancel their tour. Right. They just can't make it work. Yep. Uh, a lot of this is happening now. Like you said, shows like the Book of Mormon, they've had to cancel it. I mean, it's in a theatre. Yes. Gatherings of 500 people or more have, have now been banned. You can't have concerts. You can't have theatre shows. I'm surprised we're even getting... I mean, okay, cinema, it's only going to work if you've got the small auditoriums. Yes. 
So a lot of stuff is getting cancelled. But even even a small cinema auditorium, people might voluntarily, I suspect, make the decision not to go there. Because well, they just don't want to sit in a room, even if it's 50 or 60 people. They might think, yeah. oh, I think we'll give that a miss right now. So, so with that, and even um, smaller crowds, just local performers... Yeah. Might people might be thinking twice about it? I suspect so. No, when, when the power station accommodates what a thousand fifteen hundred. Okay. Yeah. Um, town halls a couple of thousand. Yes. You know these these places aren't going to be able to sell tickets. Nope. For these events. So. Anymore. So. So we may, uh, among other things, be at home, and maybe that might include doing things like uh, sitting around the fireside, <laughs> telling stories and singing songs. Who that, knows? That might be what we're reducing well, very soon. Well, you know, goodness we, me, wouldn't that be a terrible thing? But. It would be awful to review for us, though, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Well, I heard of a fantastic story at number 27 last night. <laughs> it's not... You, we, yeah, we can't sell tickets for that. Yeah, it's not going to work. But in this day and age, there are other options. and they, Mercifully, they are. They, they are. So if you're still wanting to, to sit down in front of a screen, we still have, of course, free-to-air TV. We still have YouTube. And there's a whole range of subscription platforms that yeah. people will probably increasingly turn to. The likes of Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Neon, Lightbox... Prime Video, Sky, Apple TV, and I probably missed out a few. Yeah. Uh, and they, so uh, we thought it might be worthwhile just taking a minute or two to just have a look at what's involved in accessing them, what the sort of content you can get. Yeah. Um, and I did a bit of a troll around oh, I mean, good man. Th- this afternoon just to sort of get, make myself up to speed with them. But the first thing would be cost, I guess. Well, that's going to be the, the, the obvious thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, when concert tickets are going for $100 a pop, yep. then you can you can save a decent amount of money by not buying your concert tickets. Yeah, so yeah. what does that get you? Yeah, so so the likes of those um, subscription um, services, the, the, the Netflixes and, and the Lightboxes, it looks like most of them you're paying around about nine to ten, up mm-hmm. to maybe thirteen or fourteen dollars a month. Sometimes you pay a bit more if you want to add on extra screens in the house. Yep. So when you consider what I mean, the for adult price to see a, a film is what sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars. Yeah, it's not actually. It depends. Provided you've got income in your house, you can still get your job. That's not an unreasonable but, cost. But one grown-up <laughs> ticket is suddenly a month and a half of one of these subscription yeah, services. Yeah. yeah. So there is that. Now these services, um, as you know, Steve, they offer a range of movies and TV shows. Some of them are old. Some of them are new. Um, and we're seeing increasingly, um, the, certainly with Netflix, and I think Amazon do this as well. Where they're, they're commissioning their own content. This is absolutely, a huge yeah. part of the industry, and and serious content, well, non-trivial content. Absolutely. I mean, we had uh, Netflix basically put out The Irishman, the Scorsese film, yeah, uh, and and The Marriage Story, both of which were Oscar nominated. In and recent did times. they not do Roma? They did Roma as well. You're that absolutely was last right. Year's yeah, big, yeah. Well, two years ago's big yeah. Oscar thing. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know on um, Neon, what other platforms do is they'll grab a popular series and use it as a draw card to mm. bring people in. So Neon had the latest series of Game of Thrones, for of example, um, and they've got things like Westworld, which has just started a, season, a third season. A third season. Ooh, okay. Yes, they did the Chernobyl series, which was very mm. well acclaimed overseas. Yes. Um, Amazon Prime has a Tom Clancy thing. Yeah, okay. um, they had Fleabag. I'm not sure Fleabag was available elsewhere. Maybe no, it was. But no, but but that yeah, that's worth the price of that, admission and that's right a there. Very high it? quality British, remarkably high quality show. That and was. then you've got Disney Plus, which brings in all the Pixar movies, all the Disney movies, all the Marvel movies, even Star Wars and Star Wars. Star Wars that's yeah. a Disney property these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might if if I do end up putting myself in South isolation. I might finally get around to watching The Mandalorian. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. Yeah, and some of them have... Um, it hasn't had great reviews, though, has it? 
What is it? I thought it's it, it, midling. It, it, I think it very much depends on who you ask. Okay. Uh, and then you've got uh, Lightbox, which um, I think has ch- changed its business a little bit. I think when it first came out, mm. correct me if I'm wrong, that it was mainly a television series I believe that to be the case. Yeah, international and local yeah. TV. But this is primarily a New Zealand service, isn't yes. it? Yes. So when, whereas Netflix and Disney Plus yeah. and those guys are, are international, this is very much a local yeah. service. So Lightbox has adapted what it does so that you can do rentals of films right for say seven or eight dollars per rental and it can right. last for 30 days oh. so again that's oh. pretty good value well that's interesting because apple um will do movie rentals through itunes mm-hmm. but they're typically 48 hours um, okay i'm i'm sure i saw 30 because i looked at one on lightbox yeah. the other day I'm no, sure I, it was 30 I, no, days. I believe you i think that, yeah. I, I think that's much more appealing and the thing i noticed about lightbox compared to some of the others is that its releases seemed a little more recent. Ah, okay, yeah. They had, for example, well, they, had, they had very quickly the, the best Oscar, best picture Oscar winner, Parasite, was wow. out almost straight away. That, that's that's uh, not been long out in New Zealand cinema, no, really. No, uh, they had Knives Out yeah, quite quickly. Fairly, yeah. um, Doctor Sleep, the okay, follow-up yeah. to... Um, that one. That one. Yeah. Um, the, um, the, the Shining. King, the Shining. Thank you very much. Um, Judy and other films like that. Yep. So they've had... That may be one of their selling points. They've got some quite recent films. Yes, that will that will make a big difference. And I have to confess, it. I haven't looked at YouTube, uh, the Apple, the Apple TV content. Well, Are you familiar with that? At I am, yes, because I actually have an Apple TV. Yeah. And and so when you first turn it on, it gives you a preview of what's available. Right. And across the top of the screen, it's effectively like. Um, now I've never actually been in a New Zealand video store. Okay. Because we were moving away from video when I arrived in New Zealand. Yes. But my recollection of, of certainly living in the United States was stuff was coming out on DVD, should we say six weeks after you've seen it in the pictures? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And that's the kind of turnaround that they're doing. It's the equivalent, roughly, okay. of stuff that was in US cinemas not that long ago okay. is now showing up on Apple TV. And that's a really good turnaround. It is. And I think Apple, um, I was checking today, I think they charge... US six dollars a month, which is about nine or ten dollars, depending on the. Yeah. the, the now this uh, this depends on what we're talking version. about here. That's the, that's their subscription based service, which right. is doing TV programs like, for example, uh, the Morning Show. Okay. Now I'm talking about their what they've been doing for a very long time, which yes. is the iTunes Music uh, Store bit, where you can get hold of actual films. Okay. Gotcha. And so what they're doing, you can buy, where you've got long term access to the content for typically around fifteen dollars. You can buy. Okay. The, the content. Okay. Uh, it's rights managed, so I can play it on my machine, but I can't necessarily give it to you. Got it. But I've got lifetime access to it. Okay. Or you can do a rental of it, which is typically around $4. And this is how I watched Parasite a couple of weeks ago. Right. And that's going to be $4, let's say, that kind of price. But that will allow you to have to watch it for 48 hours. Okay. Okay. And then the rental will time out, the, 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 okay. the video will time out. Okay. And you can, I think it actually deletes the file from your computer to be honest. Okay. And then I think it's worth going back to talk about YouTube because YouTube's been around for a long time. Yeah. And I know some younger people, um, my daughter's generation, watch it all the time. Oh, yeah. Because it's got just a massive range of content. But they do, among other things, um, allow you to watch some old movies for free. They do have some entire so, movies. So does. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly was one oh, I saw. Oh, wow. Uh, the whole two hours and 11 minutes of it was there. Dear Lord. But they, and I thought we were the most boring thing on YouTube. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and then, um, 
but they also have a movie rental service. Oh, is that right? There's a movie channel where you can pay, and I've used it, and it's quite recent movie as well, 7 or $8, depending on whether it's high definition or standard definition for a movie, yeah. and you can buy it. Oh, okay. You can buy it for maybe $22, $24. And so this gives you long-term ownership of this. Yeah, of and I think if you buy a Blu-ray these days, it's, what, 34 or something? I've never actually bought one. Yeah, I have. Okay. I've been into, I'm hardly even use them now, but yeah. yes, I do have them. So, so there's a lot, there's a huge amount out there to, to, to look at. And I was thinking that, I don't know, I don't know in, in the esteemed circles in which you work um, and move, Steve, yeah. but I often hear people say, oh, there's just so much content out there these days, we'll never get around to seeing it. Well, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> that time has finally come, yes. Those 14 days of self-isolation because you couldn't help yourself and nipped over to Australia for the weekend. Well, yes, I know, I mean, and... The, there's so much content. You, there you, is. you can't possibly do it on real time to keep up with it. No, of course not. Absolutely not. No. And there are probably excellent series sitting there that might be one or two or three years old. You've heard people talk about. Yeah. Uh, and you think, oh, maybe I could. Yeah, I mean, we, we stumbled across one recently. I say recently, well, last year. Yeah. Uh, an Australian show called Offspring. Okay. Um, it's, it basically, it's, a, it's a, somewhere between a sitcom and a soap opera. Okay, uh, and it's got a lot of the cast. Did you ever see a series called um, Underbelly? I've heard of Underbelly. Outstanding piece of Australian TV drama. Mm-hmm. Set the first series was in the the Melbourne um, Gangland Wars okay. of the early two thousands. The second one was set back in the nineteen seventies. But it's got a lot of the cast from those shows in it. Okay. And the two female leads, um, Asha Keddie and why can't I think of her name right now? I can picture her phenomenal actresses both of them okay. and they play sisters uh, and it's about them and their family okay. uh, and and so we stole across that because I happened to notice I had Asha Keddie now I remember her from Offspring I thought wow she's superb um, and so we we watched that I was like, this is this is just fantastic seven series of it oh wow um, you stumble across stuff like that you, yeah. you, you do find really good content yeah. relatively little New Zealand content yes that would be so. Relatively little. Yeah. So and even amongst, yeah, that's true. And and I think um, it's well, that's a good point at which to mention that the coronavirus is uh, affecting not just the bands that come here, as you said. It's stopping some films that are currently mm. in production. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, and um, and it has delayed the release of other films that we. Um, we're looking forward to seeing some big, big budget ones like um, the new Bond has the, been pushed back. The ironically titled "No Time to Die." Yes, yes very, very um, appropriately. The Disney live action version of Mulan's been pushed back. Yeah, some yeah months. you were mentioning that the other day, weren't you? Um, yeah. A Quiet Place Two, right? Uh, Fast and Furious Nine. Oh well, I can live yeah, yeah, without anyway, that. Yeah, sort of big budget. But these, these, these are big, big name films. Yes, yeah. things are changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to quickly mention. You mentioned. Um, the Underbelly, not Underbelly. It was called, that was the other film. What was the one you just the series you just enjoyed very much? Oh, Offspring. Offspring. I've just started watching something called Godless. Oh yeah. Which is an American western. Oh okay. With the English um, actress Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey fame playing oh, an American. And also the gentleman just recently. Yes, it's, yeah. yes, indeed. Uh, and it's got Jeff Daniels in it. That's been quite. Oh, that that one I might have to give a look to. Yeah, it's quite yeah. good. So anyway, so there, there is heaps out there. Is the point we're making. So, so welcome to tonight's episode of Stephen and Simon recommending shows to each other. <laughs> but um, I would like to hear about an, a, a classic example of what you're talking about, where you've been lucky enough to go and see a, a theatre production 
while it was still able to be yeah. put on, it's since been yeah. the, the, the strings been pulled. It's the Book of Mormon. This was a very, as I understand, extremely provocative piece of theatre. Yeah, acclaimed overseas, monster hit, Mon- runaway hit, and and you've seen it and I haven't. So right, please tell me about and it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was actually there for the opening night. Oh. I was certainly very early in the run. Okay, and so it's it, it, the the premise is very odd. It's it's a musical comedy about Mormons. Y- in Africa, is that right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I didn't know about this before I went in. My brother saw it last year right. in England. Okay. And all he would tell me was, it's fantastic, you're going to love it. Okay. And my brother Neil does have um, a very filthy sense of humour. <laughs> okay. uh, and I thought, okay, if Neil's recommending it, it's going to be two things. One, it's going to be very, very good. And two, it's going to be foul. Right. And this is, this is going to be glorious. <laughs> right. So we went along. And, and I'm not actually of the Mormon persuasion myself. Are you not? I, I am aware of, of um, their beliefs and their practices, but I'm not actually one of them. Yes. And, and so fortunately, you don't need okay. to be terribly familiar. They, they do actually explain what's going on. Uh, and so the basic premise is you've got uh, a couple of, of young Mormon fellas who are about to be sent off from Salt Lake City on their mission year. Year two years, they get sent off to 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 evangelize around the world. Okay, and they get sent to as they call it Uganda. Uganda. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you know the Americans struggle to say Uganda, but that's where they get sent. Yes, a little village in Uganda, and and so it's it's the the two whitest people in the world who actually at one point sing a song called "We Are Africa." <laughs> it is. Irreverent doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of it. I can't mm. repeat any of the song titles because they are they are filthy beyond belief. They are okay. atrocious. They are appalling. And profane. Oh, <laughs> profoundly <laughs> profane. And that's the glory of it. That's the joy. So our Neil was right. Yes. It is. It is filthy yes. and it's hysterical. Okay. And and apparently the the Mormon Church. Um, actually kind of embraced it. Did they? Well, They might as well. <laughs> well, they, they, there was a run in Australia not long ago in Melbourne, and, and so they bought the back inside the inside back page of the programme <laughs> for the show, and the advert says, you've seen the show, now read the book. That's very which clever abs- marketing. Which is actually quite brilliant if you think <laughs> yes. about it. And it is very, very funny. Yeah. The, the dialogue is very, very sharp. The song and the dance are... I mean, I'm not a big musical fan, personally. I'm really not. But it's so funny. It's so witty. It's so clever. Uh, it's done by the people who did South Park. Okay, well, and, okay, that tells you something. Yeah, and Team America World Police. Oh, okay. It's that level of filth. <laughs> right, okay, now, now I'm getting the picture. Right, yes. okay. And it's about Mormons. Yeah, okay. So it's hysterical. Okay. It's awful. I can't recommend it highly. <laughs> I can't recommend it highly at all, seriously. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So, Sad, and sadly, you won't get to see it. Well, maybe in a year or something it'll come back. They must revive it because, I mean, if, if they've had to pull the plug halfway through the run, it means that there was still um, demand for it. Oh, yeah. I will consider seeing it again in a year. Okay, well, it was, it I'll was be there. Real, I'll, I, I just want to give another it. example of um, the sort of show that you w- cannot possibly be oh, right, played yeah, yeah. now. This is something I've written about on our website CravePodcast.com, mm-hmm. by the way, Steve. CravePodcast.com, you say? I do. Yep, CravePodcast.com. Dot com. Um, and I went along to the town hall in Auckland, uh, it's actually a week or two now, go yeah. to see the band I'd seen two years before at Western Springs. This yeah. is Alien Weaponry, the, the teenagers from Northland, the yeah. heavy metal Maori rockers. Yeah. Um, two years down the road, I was curious to see how they'd, how they'd matured. And, and they have. And they have. Their, Excellent. Their stagecraft is better. Uh, they can still rock 
rock the socks off. They still embrace the Māori tanga very, very much. Uh, but the reason I wanted to particularly mention it in relation to what's happening with coronavirus is that, as you said, they've got the town hall. It's, um, it's a reasonably so a tight, tidy, tight little venue in A couple of thousand ways. people in a little, little yeah. sardine box yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. But add to that uh, a, a group of young people in the audience there to uh, embrace the heavy metal culture, mm. which yeah. means jumping up and slamming their chests into each other, yeah. crowd surfing, um, so, getting very, very close and moving around. and So, so not social distancing, you're the, saying? The, as far away from social distancing right. as one could possibly get. Right. And it was a it was a it quite a cultural event to be there and to witness it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that is just a million miles away from what we're going to be able to do uh, for a little while. No, this is absolutely yeah. true. Yes, it's, it's not going to be good, is it? And the other thing that struck me about that occasion was there were a number of uh, people of my vintage. Oh, yeah. There, and as I looked around me, I um, I saw that all of them did what I did, which is put some earplugs in. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, that, that's part of my standard kit for any concert these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I was wearing earplugs at Elton John. Were you? Yeah. Okay. My my hearing is starting to suffer, so I just I did that as a matter of, of prudence, as, as a general rule. Yeah. I would imagine I would have probably taken like two sets to Alien Weaponry. Mm. Tell me about the how did they come on stage? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so well, that was that was a. Um, a nice um, uh, touch where they were escorted from the back of the um, floor mm-hmm. by a couple of haka group. Um, they, the three lads were in the middle and the, the Māori performers were on the outside. They came up the centre, the crowd parted to let them go through. Oh, very cool. Got up to the stage. The Māori dancers got right, got up the steps and were at the very back. Uh-huh. And the three lads were standing closer to the front and they yeah. all joined in a, a Māori performance. Cool. Um and um, yeah, and and the thing about it is that the Maori chanting mm. fits with the heavy beat of that it would, it heavy metal yes. very very well. It's, it's uh, got the energy, hasn't oh, it? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I think, that, I mean, I, in my review, I, I did note. I mean, I think it was a, a very well put together show. They they really know their stuff. Yeah. The energy was very high. Um, I suppose necessarily. Uh, a singer in a band like that is kind of shouting most of the time, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I did think that if you were most of the songs were from their the album two, which came out a little while back, mm-hmm. uh, and so probably most of the people there were familiar with those songs. If you weren't, you probably would have struggled to understand all the words that were yeah. being sung. Um, but uh, and they did, there was some new material as well. So there's yeah. a second album not far away, right, which right, I think right, would be yeah. well worth seeing what, what they're going to do with it. They've toured America and Europe since we last saw them. Okay. Um, and um, are they still? They're still. Uh, you feel like it's a musical and a cultural experience. Of course it is. And and for that reason, and it's an experience so directly related to this country and its history. You and being and being explained to us by these young people yeah it's a very vital it feels a very vital place to be okay and you might quibble with this musical style it may not be your taste uh it i i you know i, I wouldn't be normally wouldn't go and sit for an hour and a half to a heavy metal yeah. band but in this case i i do and i would i do it again to see what say if they toured their new album i'd yeah. probably go and see them again so in the words of the monkeys we're the young generation <laughs> We've got something to say. Exactly. <laughs> and the sad thing is, the really sad thing is, these are three lads who are working very, very hard. Yeah. And and they're starting to build a career. Absolutely. And suddenly. Yeah. This, it's, it's put on hold. It is. 
Yeah, that's that that that's kind of why that's the heartbreak, isn't yeah. it? Really, a little yeah. bit. That that's a real shame. That one. Okay. So, uh, let's just put the music to one side for a moment and move on back to the films. Aye. Because there is a film that you've seen that, um, as a media person, I should have seen, but I didn't. So I'd like you to tell me about it. <laughs> I think I think this, given your background, and obviously, you know, the, you, you are neither a, a, a female Fox News well, that is host, correct. nor a noted sexual predator. Correct. Exactly. You, you, so, so, so the point of contact are tenuous in this, to be fair. We are talking about the film called Bombshell. This is indeed correct. We're talking about Bombshell, which yeah. uh, is the, the story of, um, well, ostensibly um, three women. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm actually going to fire up um, IMDb here, because I want to make sure I get my names correct on this. I want to get my names okay. of the characters correct. Yes. Um, because... They, it's based on a true story. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know yeah. how closely based it is, but it certainly is based around real people and it is intercut briefly with actual footage of actual events. Ah. Um, so, so actual footage of Donald Trump giving speeches right. about some of these people uh, actually appears. So you've got Charlize Theron mm-hmm. plays Megyn Kelly, right. who is a, a Fox News uh, anchorwoman. Uh, Nicole Kidman plays Gretchen Carlson, who again were sort of like managed out um, after she made complaints. Then I'm not sure if this ca- this character actually was real or if she was invented for the show. I don't recognise the name, but it's possible she was a real person. But Margot Robbie plays um, Kayla Pospisil, I believe her name is pronounced. Okay. Which doesn't sound like a name you'd invent. So I'm su- no. suspecting she's possibly yeah. based on a real character as well. And the problem is they uh, either experienced or believed they were about to experience sexual harassment from Roger Ailes who was, I don't know if he's still alive, he certainly has been the, the CEO of Fox News and was a champion of, of Donald Trump. Mm. Um, uh, and in fact, you've got footage of Donald Trump talking about Megyn Kelly, mm. um, suggesting that she was, what was the word that, that she uses? Is he saying I'm anger, anger menstruating? Right. He spoke about her in very, very foul terms, but the real issue isn't that's background noise. It's about the fact that Roger Ailes was... Um, a sexual predator, right? According to this film, um, by, I, I'm, I'm hedging my bets here for legal reasons. Yeah, we have absolutely. no reason to doubt any single word these women said. Mm. But you know, you toss in the quick allegedly, and then just, <laughs> just, 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 just to cover your ass. <laughs> so, so the story, the story has got Megan Kelly, um, who and Gretchen Carlson, who are established, mature, um, respected, was well, about as respected as a Fox News reader can be, mm. but they're established. Yeah. But they're still harbouring uh, anger against Ailes for the way that they they got treated, right? As as younger 
up and coming ones. Uh, and then uh, Margot Robbie's incoming character, character, she's young and she wants to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, Ailes played magnificently by John Lithgow, ah. who is is one of America's finest senior acting talents at the he moment. Is, he is. He, he, he's got a range like nobody's business, mm-hmm. that guy. He's superb. Um, and he, he, he really gets the lizardly nastiness with superficial avuncular charm, but with this undercurrent of reptilian. And he does it really, really well. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie, who, if, if he's one of the elder statesmen of American acting right now, she's one of the the, the up-and-coming yeah, front absolutely. runners. She's an amazing acting talent as well. And, and, and she manages to go from wide-eyed innocence to hurt to jaded angry very very gradually mm-hmm. and it's really really nicely done okay her, her her unnecessary loss of innocence at his hands is beautifully portrayed she's superb okay cool um i mean all three of them yeah all, there's, are, a, there's a lot of hefty acting talent there it's yeah. amazing yeah and then you got you got so you know theron kidman and robbie are the three on the poster who, who deserve to be there yes. you also got alison janney ah who uh, she she only acted with Margot Robbie in um, I Tonya. I Tonya. Yeah, 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 yeah. She played Tonya's mother. Yes, right. And so she is on the other side this time. She's a lawyer working with Ailes. Okay. She she is obviously brilliant as well as she you know. Well, she or, be, yeah. As she has a, a tendency to be. Yes. Look at so so very amazing talent. You know, obviously um, John Lithgow is as good as ever. Disappointing, mm. I thought, was Malcolm McDowell. Oh, you didn't okay. know he was still alive, did you? Just thinking. He yeah. pops up from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's, he's Rupert Murdoch in this. Ah. Very briefly, at okay. the end, right. doing um, a dodgy Australian accent, to say the least. Okay. Well, that's a shame. It is a shame, yeah. yeah. But but to be fair, there's, there's a couple of actual Aussie actors. Actually, oddly enough, two brothers who play the, um, the large adult sons of Rupert Murdoch. Oh, okay. And they're, they're actually quite good as well. The film itself... Yes. As a piece of storytelling, it's important. Yes. It's very powerfully done. But you remember when we saw, what was it called? Richard Jewell. Uh, I was that, yes. Which also had a lot of actual footage from the time, news yes, footage it, from yes, the time. Yes, it did. And, and one thing that we said about that was that we, the, you didn't let fancy directingnesses yes. get in the way of the story. Yeah, yes. But somehow I found that the Clint Eastwood made a virtue out of that. Right. It's it, it's the absence of style is almost a style in itself. Yes, yes, yes. Jay Roach tries to do something similar, and it's just as a piece of storytelling, it's it's somewhat workmanlike. Okay. So it just tells a story. There's very little. Yeah. Going okay. on in it. Right. But it doesn't need it. No. The, the story, story is itself, so strong. The story itself is it, it yeah. needs telling. You've got an amazing cast. You've got these three fantastic women at the, at the centre of it. You've got an amazing cast circulating around the kingdom. Right. Kate McKinnon's in it. Oh, yeah. And, and she, she, she rarely disappoints. Okay. You've got cracking acting going on in this. Yeah. And, and like I say, an important story. Yeah, good one. Okay. So, so I don't believe it's actually come out in New Zealand yet. I'm not sure. I thought it had. I we don't can check that. But, yeah, I don't know if I've seen it, but if it's if you can get hold of it, I mean, this could be one that you're going to download. It could well be. In yeah. the near future. Yeah. It's worth getting hold okay. of because it, 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 it's a story worth hearing. And, and if anyone's going to tell that story, those three women have got to be the ones to yeah, tell it. Yeah, good. Well, it's good to see that because there are other films going on, as we mentioned before, which are being... You know, are in production as we speak, yeah. which have been held back. And yeah. um, 
I was had a quick look. There's a, a website called Deadline, which did a bit of a, oh, right, a bit yeah. of a, a quick summary. There are dozens of films around the planet there being held be. up. There must be, must including be. Um, Disney's Little Mermaid. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's not a great loss. Well, uh, another Marvel movie called Shang Chi. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has got another film out called Nightmare Alley. That's had to halt production. Yeah. Tom Cruise's um, seventh Mission Impossible movie is being held up, and there are this many, one actually could turn out to be impossible. Well, yeah, but yes, and so. Um, it is even more so an opportunity to catch up with some of this other content because even when we get back on schedule, there may be a bit of a delay before a lot of new stuff comes through. Well, as you and I were talking about before the tape started rolling, we're not going to suddenly get a global all clear come, let's say, December. Yeah. And everyone's going, right, fair enough then, boys. <laughs> back to work. It's going to take months, likely years, yeah. for things to to get back out of their boxes again and get into gear and ramp back up to to what we knew as normal what yeah. two months ago. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take a long time to get back to that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the, the, this is this is going to take a while. All right. So in the meantime, possibly yes, possibly the last film we see at the cinema. Because <laughs> let's face it, Alien Weaponry is the last concert we're going to see for a while. Yeah. Yeah, Cowboy Junkies are going to have to cancel. Oh. I'm gutted about that. I'm not going to. I saw them in 1990, and I won't get to see them again. Heartbroken. Oh. I just hope. We'll, I hope they'll reschedule. I really do. But I'm sure they'll cancel for the time being. But anyway, this might might be the last film we see at the cinemas for a while. But let's talk about the personal history of David Copperfield. Of David Copperfield. So this was, um, I think it's expected to be released uh, uh, towards the end of March in New Zealand. It's had a release overseas already. It's done great business in the yeah. UK. So this is, um, I'm going to be honest and say I have not read Charles Dickens's book. I, I guess you can't help but grow up and being familiar with some of the names like Uriah Heep and Mr. Micawber and yes. David Copperfield. But I'd never actually seen it, the whole story or read the whole story and put, which put it all together. Nevertheless, um, this is a... A really, I found a very interesting re cinematic retelling of the story um, for a number of reasons. Um, first, um, it's uh, the style of the presentation of the film. Steve is um, quite sharp. Um, the, the way they go from scene to scene is not an orthodox. It's nothing mm. like what we're talking about with Clint Eastwood or anything. It's very yeah. different. It's yeah. quite inventive. It is. It's beautifully done, isn't it? Yeah, quirky. Um, yes, the, they, the flashbacks in particular. Yeah, the flashbacks. And they've done something interesting with the cast. They have said the colour of people's skin does not matter a jot to tell the story of, of these characters. So we have David Copperfield, played by Ra Ra Rav Raj Patel. Dev Patel. Dev Patel, bigger pun, Dev. Um, uh, we have um, other characters who are black, other characters who are not black. Interacting as if the, the, they're colorblind. Would yeah. that be fair? I it's, think it is. Well, it's, I'm, it's, inter it's just an interesting aspect of the telling of the story that it doesn't. It it doesn't. It's not. No, no comment is made about it at all. It's, it's just, irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. All, all all you have to figure is that they decided. Oh, Arvind Dominici wrote it. Did he direct it? Direct. Yeah, he wrote it. Directed it as well. Um, you have to figure that he probably just decided. Okay, these guys are the best actors mm. for that role. Yeah, and and the fact that that they might not look like you look, yeah, is is neither here nor there. So Dev Patel plays the adult, yes, David Copperfield, yes, and I have to be honest, I do think he was 
there were moments when I thought he was a little bit too understated. Okay. However, mm-hmm. the little lad that played young David Copperfield, and I'm going to look up his name because he was absolutely lovely. Yeah, he was. Where are we looking? Um, no, it wasn't. I'm, I can't find his name now. <laughs> Which is who? Oh, yeah. Jai Rajvarsani. Okay. Plays the young David. Yeah. And he was just absolutely exquisite, wasn't he? He was. Uh, he was captivating. Yes. Um, yeah. And and so, yeah, you, you, the story moves through the timelines. And um, the other thing that's interesting that they don't worry about is, as you said, we've got the two actors playing the young and the old yeah. um, David Copperfield, you know, maybe 10, at least 10 years apart in age. Um, but the other actors who are still around, they don't try and age them or anything. No, not at all. That just it doesn't matter. It's just, no. It's a story. We'll just get on telling the story. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, you've, you've even got one character, one actress playing two characters. That was that actually correct? I've just had a quick look. Now, well, we, we, shan't, it, we shan't give it away. But no, yes. I thought that it was. But okay. yeah, you, you leaned over to me last night and said, "Was that?" <laughs> it and, was. And I've just had a quick look. Yes, yes, she's got two credits. Okay. Yeah. So well, well spotted, sir. No. So the um, the story of David Copperfield, um, how his life um, seesaws between a, a life of great need and want and one of relative comfort and back again and back again and the characters that he 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 befriends and um gets to know along the way is i thought quite engagingly told yes it is Um, the script is is um sharp i I don't i don't know i have to confess how many of those lines are dickens lines or how many of them have been modernized yeah but there's some nice writing and some really interesting other characters in the cast from hugh Mm. laurie yeah. Um, it's Mr. Dick, um, yes. who keeps reliving um, the, um, the, the the travails of King Charles the yes. First, uh, and you've got Tilda Swinton as the yeah. aunt, and yeah. some really good actors there. Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong, yes, he's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yes. he, he was superb. There's a couple of unexpected ones as well. There's there's Peter Capaldi, yes, Gwendolyn Christie, yes. I mean, it, it's a, it's an astonishing cast. It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, who who else is? is I mean, I'm just looking down the list. Everything. Oh yeah, she was good. Yeah, oh, he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rosalind Eliezer as Agnes was absolutely lovely. Yes. The entire cast. I mean, is it, this, this we should we just gush? Should we just? Yeah. Well, I I tell you, it, it's entertaining, and it's one of those films that um, can be funny, but also when it wants to, can actually have a, a degree of dramatic um, weight to it. Oh, there's heartbreak in that. Film. Yeah, and. And I, it made me think, actually, you now my mind went to a very, you might think it's an odd place, but... I'm used to it, Simon. Yeah. Um, you try living inside my mind. Um, you uh, will... I thought of Parasite. Why do I think of Parasite? Because Parasite dealt with class yeah. and the rich and the poor. Yeah, okay. And the, actually, this story is a lot about that. It's a lot about... Um, uh, deprivation and yes. those who have and those who have not. Yes, and, and, the, and, and what people yeah. will do to get from one to the other. That's interesting. I, I, I had not drawn that parallel, but well, I, I mean, it's a bit, but I just, it just, it just brought that theme to mind, having just so recently yeah. seen Parasite. It's an interesting thought, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, but um, so it worked on sort of a a broad level. It, it yes. had a connection. I think yes. it was quite felt. It felt as relevant a yes. story to tell as yeah. as any other. And then the the, the, the the setting of it, I think the word that's usually used in these contexts is sumptuous. Well, when it needed to be sumptuous, yes. it was very sumptuous. It was. It was beautifully <laughs> done. The costumes, the sets, yes. the, the, the whole feel of the film, it felt richly textured. Yeah, it did. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's got a very broad appeal. This yeah. the story. It's told in a very engaging way. It's. It, well, it's it don't be put off by the fact, the fact you might think it's just some old. 
no. dreary tale written a hundred and something or two hundred years but ago. But it, it, it's it, not. The pacing of it. Yeah, they've done a great job. It with just the pacing. snaps, doesn't it? It yeah. does. Um, and the dialogue. I mean, it, it's every bit as plummy and wordy as you imagine a Dickens adaptation would be. Yes. And yet, you've got, like I said, the, the pacing of the of, of the storytelling, the quality of the acting, and and yeah, I'm sure. Um, Anucci's added his own um, take on the dialogue. I'm sure there was adaptation going on there. I mean, the, the actual credit here, it says, writing credit, Simon Blackwell, screenplay, Charles Dickens, novel, <laughs> <laughs> and Armando Iannucci, uh, <laughs> screenplay. So obviously there's got to be some adaptation going yeah, on. There has, yeah. there has to be. But it's still got a very Dickensy yeah, feel to it. It does. And like you say, it's got all those characters. It's got Micawber. Mm. It's got a remarkably wonderful Uriah Heep. Oh, yeah. Now, that, that, that's Ben Wishaw. That's Ben Wishaw, yeah. I was very impressed because I've seen him in a number of roles yeah. from Bond to... And he, he voiced Paddington Bear. So he's got actually got a heck of a range, that actor. And, uh, and isn't it weird to think that somebody as squalid and nasty as Uriah Heep was Paddington? Yes. Paddington. He did an excellent job. Yes. He he was a bit of a scene stealer, actually, I'd, I'd go oh, as very well, as yeah, Yes, so. he was, actually. He was very, very good. Um yeah, so and it made me it made me think of um, a rock band called Uriah Heat way back in the seventies. Oh, God, I remember Rock. them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. three lead guitarists. Oh, okay. Was their big gimmick? Yes, I so, remember them. They're, they're an album out called Abominog. Oh, okay. Back in the eighties, yes. A friend of so mine had a copy. I think, look, look, I think we're going to roundly recommend this film. Wholeheartedly, uh, sir. It's a great piece of entertainment. Whether you see it at the cinema or you wait for it to be available in some other screen, um, it's well worth. Is uh, it just? While we're just quickly talking about period films, I want to oh, yeah. quickly mention Emma. Oh yes, of course. And for a particular reason, not just because it's a it's it's a, it's based on the Jane Austen novel. Yeah. The screenplay is by New Zealand's old, own Eleanor Catton, by the way. Oh right, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the reason I wanted to mention it is this is a story that is really just set in the middle to upper class. English society of the time. Well, it was Jane Austen, wasn't Jane it? Jane Austen. Yeah, that, that, that uh, was the circles yeah, in which she and, moved. Yes, and this is equally sumptuous. Yeah. It's got equally good actors, mm -hmm. uh, including the um, uh, youngish actors in the lead roles, of course. Anya Taylor-Joy, who I thought, where have I seen that girl before? Young woman before. She was, she was in, in Jojo Rabbit. No? No, no? she was in okay. um, Glass and Splits, which was the M. Night Shyamalan, I always get his name Shyamalan wrong. Ding Dong, Shyam yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'd seen her in that. A guy called Johnny Flynn plays George Knightley. Anna, Anya plays Emma. And you've got some, as um, David Copperfield film did, this has some. This film, Emma, has some nice comic turns from the likes of Bill Nighy. Oh. Uh, and um, uh, even um, Miranda Hart. Oh dear. So there's some there are some nice comic elements to it, and it's a romantic story, obviously. Yeah. But I didn't. In, it was I it was diverting, and and it was entertaining. But now that I've seen both those films, yeah, I I could say, I the 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 Dickensian story has much more pathos and depth because of the breadth of society it is talking about. Right. Whereas for me, the Emma story just dealing with the trials and tribulations of some rather well-off yeah. um, upper-class English people doesn't how, really connect. How much are we putting that down to the subject matter and the source material? Yeah, And how much to the, the verve of the storytelling? I think it is about the subject material, actually. Okay, I, think they, I think they did a good job with what they had. Right, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, not, yeah. That's not a criticism of the 
of the the, the way these, this film was put together. Yeah. It's just it's so happened. You've got one story dealing with the upper class and one story dealing with a much broader yeah. cross section and meatier themes and, yeah. and much greater drama. I saw them so close together. Um, M is not a bad film, yeah. but as a story. I couldn't help but be drawn to yeah. the, the Dickensian story. That's all. So, so there we have it. The official Crave verdict. Jane Austen, not as good as Charles Dickens. Now, glad we put that one Dickens to bed. Dickens won Austen nil. Glad we put that one to bed. Excellent. All right. So right. look, we've, you've already, earlier on in the, um, in the episode, um, Steve talked about some of the, the cancellations we've had. Yeah. Can we actually say much at all about anything coming up? No. We can't, can we? Simple as that. Stuff's getting cancelled. Yep. Nothing new is getting scheduled. Yep. Um, All we can do is say, make sure that A, as long as you can, support your local cinema. Yes. And B, once you can't, that's that's why you've got your Netflix list. Yeah. It's time to start whittling it down. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you've even got to think a little bit about how many friends you have over to watch these things, maybe. Although if you know they're all healthy and wealthy and or, wealthy or you, healthy, then or you that's keep, good. You, or you keep, keep an appropriate S- social you'll, you'll, you'll notice, by the way, folks, you're here. Seriously. <laughs> you see, look at that. There you go. That, that's the same theory. As long as you can't reach... An arm's length. An arm's length away, and yeah. you're probably safe. Yeah. So, um, it's... Well, we live in interesting times. We and, do indeed. And we'll... We'll do another episode. It might end up being an episode looking at what you can watch Qu- at home. You know, quite possibly, yes. But there's a lot out there to watch. Isn't there just? So uh, we'll, we'll so, see so you if, again. So if you've got any suggestions, any recommendations <laughs> and stuff that that we people could be watching or we should be reviewing, please let us know. You can email us. At podcast at cravepodcast.com. You can find us all over social media at cravepodcast. Uh, that's right. That, that covers now. That covers it all. Multitude yeah, of sins. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. We're all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And that's it then. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for watching and listening. Until next time, whenever that is. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Simon Mercer. I'm Steve McCabe. That's what's been entertaining us this week. And remember to wash your hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs>